We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. That was actually, I think, the exact score we predicted together. Uh, I said I said that they would win by at least three goals, and you said that they wouldn't score five, something like that. So like, <laughs> there was only like two options that we had here, wow. and that was one of them. Can't we imagine there was job. room in that branch for both of us. <laughs> this is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast from RotoWire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For player news, rankings, projections, and the best fantasy soccer stats around, please visit RotoWire.com slash soccer. And now, here are Mike Gottlieb and Andrew Laird. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. I am your host, Mike Gottlieb, and with me, as always, is Andrew Laird, and we are brought to you by our good friends at Play Up. Andrew, on this date, Friday, October 27th, it finally feels like fall, and that means that we're really into the Premier League season now. No more 90-degree days, no more 80-degree days, no more fall classics starting with an opening pitch temperature of 103 degrees. None of that nonsense. It's apple cider season and more importantly, more uh, warmed up or mulled apple cider season, perhaps with a little bit of alcohol. Uh, I'm a warm weather kind of person, so I was all in on the 80 degree October days. I'm crushed now. I'm just going to go into a month long depression waiting for spring to come. But 
you know it lasts longer than a month the cold weather right the, the depression lasts a month and then i just then i spend too much time like shoveling snow or looking for another pair of gloves but it's at least well, like a month of where i should be enjoying fall but i actually just dread the upcoming winter well fortunately for you andrew if you want some if you want some positivity as you are one year closer to having two laborers work for you for free to shovel snow for you i suppose my son actually does it already I mean, he's not completely for me, and he's surprisingly helpful for being six years old. But, I mean, it's much more than just the snow. The snow is just the easy excuse to point to. Well, but anyway, you, you have know, some grievances you'd like to air. Either way, the reason why I brought up the apple seed— Well, anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, so, Andrew, did you— That was your segue, the apple cider to your— <laughs> <laughs> to my story with Apple, the company. Yes, yes. that was my segue. Okay. I am not a journalist. Okay, uh, we have um, we. So, uh, if you guys don't know, uh, the iPhone X, you were able to pre-order it this morning at 3 a.m. So this guy woke up at 2:45 to make sure that all of his technology was set up so that he can get it done as quickly as possible. Is that what they're Andrew, calling it? X. Not yes, 10? for for, okay. for the 10th anniversary. Yeah, I, whatever they want to call it. Okay. The, the the big one. Anyway, um, so. I started at 2.45, just to make sure everything was set up correctly, had like a glass of water. Guess what? I mean, when do you think I was able to actually finish my order? Four o'clock. Nope. Is it done yet? Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, 6.30. 7.30. Ooh. What does that mean? It was just processing for that long? No, it was getting processing errors at every turn. Mm. For example, you couldn't actually go into the Apple store. They had this like generic screen like, oh, we can't wait to show you what we have up for you next because they knew that people were going to be like spamming it. And of course, at three o'clock, I started spamming the site. (laughs) What Uh, um, what (laughs) amount of time um, do you have to wait for your phone? Had you ordered it successfully at three o'clock versus eight o'clock? So here's the reason why I woke up at three because I'm usually not the person who does this. It's because all the reports out there were suggesting that Apple was having very bad production, uh, so they couldn't produce enough phones. Yeah, that's kind of their – that story comes out every time there's a phone. Well, I believed it this time, and my phone – actually, to be honest, my phone's not coming till Christmas. So uh, the the phone is released November 3rd, and I'm not lining up at a store. That I can promise you. Uh, I am not going to be on the news like that. So <laughs> I, will, I, w- I will just – I will just – in the convenience of my own home, just get stuff pre-ordered to me uh, and uh, th- you know, no hassle, no fuss. But my delivery date uh, is, is sometimes – No hassle, no fuss? You woke up at 2.45 in the morning. Well, I that mean, is the that's... definition of fuss. <laughs> Be that as it may, uh, I'm not waiting on a line. Okay. But I actually wound up waiting on a technological line, which yeah, is what did. was so frustrating. But basically, the way that I'm going to segue this back to uh, Fantasy Premier League is I now know what it's like to be a West Bromwich Albion fan. I got the result I wanted, but the way I got there was just so god-awful. <laughs> is that something that they are – like, do they actually not like that? I mean, I'm sure they don't like it, but – I don't know. Maybe some people just enjoy the grind out. Style. No, but it was. But no, but it, no, but you see, it wasn't like I got like like 
oh, I was like number 10,001 and I didn't finish my order fast enough. No, it was the site just not working. Mm. There were so many people trying that they failed. Like the site was failing. They couldn't process my request. They couldn't add my item to the cart. Like it was just like technical – I know technology well enough to know that that is a site that is failing. Mm -hmm. Like it is – and like Verizon – and so part of it is you have to verify your carrier and Verizon wasn't ready. So there were multiple – there were multiple companies that just were not ready for the influx of traffic that were coming that was coming their way this morning right and it was infuriating i bet and so and so i actually went back to sleep at four o'clock thinking i'm not getting this phone hmm. but, and i woke up again and i tried the order one more time and it worked and i was like i could i could have yeah. just slept <laughs> that's what i was entire <laughs> time and i wouldn't have had to deal with any of it but but the consequence is is that instead of receiving my phone on the third or you know later in november i'm receiving it closer to christmas yeah that was the consequence. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a bummer. That's a bummer. I feel bad for you. I mean, let's think about how first world this problem is, right? I'm not I mean, getting this really like no. expensive technological wonder for I'm, I'm delaying it six weeks. Like, let's be honest here. Like, it's not like it's a huge problem in my life. But you don't have to apologize you know, for happen to be living in the first world and having problems in said world. I'm not apologizing for living in that world. What I'm saying is I'm putting it in perspective. Like these aren't real problems. You know what I'm saying? Okay, that's fine. But I did just want to say that this experience has taught me a lot about how what it's like to be a West Bromwich Albion fan. Hmm. Interesting. I can't think that I was heading down that road. but Well, you know, I had a lot of time for introspection during this process because all I was doing was clicking one button and waiting for it to fail repeatedly. Right. <laughs> so, you know, introspection occurred. And I was just so... I was so miserable watching what was happening. But I, I, I eventually got the result. Uh, I and it was a little bit delayed, so I had to wait later in the season for those forty points. But I did get my forty. But you points. got it. Okay. That is storytelling and segueing into actual soccer talk. Uh, and we have a game week to prepare for you. We also did our fan. We we also prepared uh, some wild cards uh, for FPL, the official game here. So. Uh, I will be at least going over my strategy. Uh, I did. I spent up some money on defenders and forwards and kind of left my midfield to like hot performing low priced guys. So we'll go into that uh, a little later on in the show here. But we do have game week 10 to get to starting on Saturday morning at bright and early at 730. We have a good one here, but we have some late breaking news coming up this morning uh, that. The Harry Kane-less, now Harry Kane-less Spurs, will travel to Old Trafford to take on Manchester United. Uh, obviously, this changes things in terms of what you thought the outcome of this game could be. But, you know, I think it took it to uh, um, from a very interesting affair to one that will be less so in that I think that this is probably closer now to a draw than anything else, presuming that Jose Mourinho does play his normal defensive style. Yeah, I fully assumed it when i was doing rankings this week i really considered not ranking lukaku or kane at all to kind of over accentuate the point that i thought this was going to be a horrible nil nil draw and kane being out certainly doesn't uh change my opinion that it's going to be this horrible Mourinho. i mean this is what Mourinho does when he plays big clubs, he does exactly what he complains the smaller clubs do against him. And so uh, I just don't. Do you, 
I don't see a lot coming out of this one. Do you think the news of Kane not leading the line, in ad- like knowing that in advance, will change his tactics? Uh, maybe. I mean, I, it, it obviously has to change the tactics. I mean, they, they're missing their best player, who is arguably the best goal scorer in the Premier League. And so, uh, you know, obviously they don't have to focus so much defensively, but I'm not sure that necessarily means that they think that they can attack them. I mean, Spurs are much more than Harry Kane and they'll be able to, you know, United aren't used to being pressed as much as they'll probably get pressed against Tottenham, regardless of Kane's status. And so, yes, it changes the defensive uh, plan for Mourinho, but I'm not sure that necessarily, you know, I don't think that means like, oh, now we can just go out and blast them. Mm. Well, another thing we have to talk about with uh, on the on the uh, Tottenham side here is the fullback positions, which have been such a goldmine for fantasy production. Last week, they went with Kieran Trippier on the right and Serge Aurier on the left. Mm-hmm. Uh, Danny Rose is, you know, one week healthier now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's close to returning into full fitness. And you have Ben Davis, who is sick, uh, but he's uh, I think he's back to either close to full fitness or he's on his way back. The, the, uh, the best was their midweek Carabao Cup match against uh, West Ham, which they ended up losing, which I think people were putting a little more stock into that in terms they, of Spurs losing because it's yeah. they've now lost a possible trophy that they can win. That's probably one of the not easier a, trophies not, they can win. That trophy does not matter. It, what? It's, a, it's a trophy they could win. Great. So, And that's now gone. But anyway— in that match, they started Davis, Rose, and Trippier. Um, Davis started as part of a back three, so Rose was, and Trippier were wingbacks. Uh, I don't think you're going to see Davis play as part of a back three at all in the Premier League, but, I mean, Rose played enough that um, he played 81 minutes. So you, whether he starts this weekend or not, I think, like, come next week, it, that— Davis's like locked locked in spot is gone. They have Champions League next week as well against a small club from Spain called Real Madrid. <laughs> I thought they were called Real Madrid. I, Real Madrid. I never knew. I never knew. Mm. Uh, so now we have, you know, I'd stay away from all of them. That's the problem. Well, I wouldn't. I mean, he, he, well, I guess the lack of Harry Kane kind of hurts the, the fullback value but Kieran Trippier he is I think he's done enough to to say hey I should be the right wing back for all games in the Premier League yeah of course you think that are, are you saying he hasn't uh I'm not sure he's separated himself from REA to to do that no I don't you're right I'm, I'm biased I, I want <laughs> I'm Kieran, just saying I mean I, I really I really want him to succeed but basically because what I, I mean the reason why I bring this up is and I'll bring it up a little bit later it, it really affects how you can play the official FPL game I think you have to avoid them all that's I, I think well, you have to I'll, go I'll get to, I will get to, I will get to that later but yes I agree and, and and this weekly matchup you're just gonna in a weekly format or in a season-long format you know if if your Spurs defender starts I think you start them every week even this one because I'm not convinced that Manchester United are really gonna try to come out and attack Spurs yeah I mean we talked about this kind of earlier in the season with uh and maybe even a little preseason just about the the idea of handcuffing which is obviously much more in a taga like format but uh, I for NFL, like I've long been a non-handcuff advocate, uh, but it makes sense in a, a game like Taga because 
the you know the rotation in itself is enough and so if you did that with Davis and Rose then you at least have that possibility I mean you theoretically could have done it with Aria and Trippier as well but uh, I think Aria came in a little later so you know it makes sense if you if you have both but obviously that's a spot on your bench that you're not going to to use you know what you're guaranteeing yourself you know a bench player every week because I don't think they're going to start Trippier and Aria together much or Davis and and Rose so you don't you know, if you try to play one from each side, there's a very good possibility that you could be without both of them. You know, like if you if you have Davis and Aria or you have Trippier and Rose, like there's no guarantee that they start together. And so, uh, you know, you got to I, I think you have to, for certainly for FPL, you got to focus on Vertonghen, Alderweireld and Sanchez. And going on the. It just limits your. I mean, it limits your offensive output with those three guys because you know the thing about the thing about the the fullbacks at Tottenham is that they can provide stats from both sides, yep. uh, getting the clean sheet points and getting assist points or goal points. You know, it, it's rare among defenders and that makes them very valuable. But if you can't get the playing time, it, it's not. That's going to be a lot of money to sink into. You know, two guys that will fill one spot. Yep, I agree. But we'll talk a little bit more about we'll talk a little more about that later. Uh, uh, spinning this on the Manchester United side, I, I, I mean, the, I, I would trust nobody. I would be more comfortable starting the defenders than I would the forwards here. Yeah, I mean that's kind of how I looked at it. I, I like I said, I didn't want to rank uh, Lukaku that highly. I don't think I ranked any. I'm trying to look quickly here. I don't think I ranked anybody from United in my midfield. Um, and I think I gave Erickson kind of a courtesy ranking. Uh, yeah, I have him 13. So like, I, yeah, I just don't expect there to be a lot and yeah, load up on the defenders. Yep. All right. So I, could, will... I mean, I don't think there's a middle ground in this game though. Like I think I would be shocked if it was like three, two, but I think it's either going to be three, two or literally scoreless. Yeah. Well, uh, and and as fun as we made that game sound, that, that's the best game of the day on Saturday. Because uh, there's all... the highest the highest teams. Yes, I think it'll be a horrible game to watch. Well, I don't think there's going to be many good games to watch on Saturday. Unfortunately, the way that the fixtures kind of pan out, I actually think you don't like goals. I don't think there's going to well. We'll, we'll, we'll get to whether we think yeah, there's going to be a ton of goals. But the first game that I want to talk about is going to be a game where I think there will be a ton of goals on one side. Uh, it'll be Arsenal yeah. at the Emirates taking on a Swansea side that, that I mean, I think, I, I, Andrew, does it make you more rejoiceful or upset or angry or distrustful of Arsene Wenger that the front three of Lacazette, Ozil, and Sanchez finally played together and they looked great? last week i'm going to chalk some of it up to injury or just being sad and now that they're not sad i think we're fine with them we meant everybody not like arsenal so i offered chuck booth in our uh, taga premier league i offered him a lot for Mesut Ozil the past two weeks like I've offered him five different trades something like that and he has said no to every single one of them and it makes me very upset you have Alexis too don't you I do yeah. I'm doubling down on my on my Arsenal future outcasts mm-hmm. but uh, I, 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 so 
in uh, last week. Can you week, give an example of one that you offered? Uh, I have to look at my team really quick. I offered – hold on. Just yeah, give me one minute. Yeah, uh, well, just, it's more like people were like, oh, I offered a ton. And it's like, well, did you offer just – quantity for quality because like that's no i never go i never go above three for ones because i know people don't want to drop three players like that's uh, I, I, didn't, I don't even mean that like even two for one can still be quantity over quality just in terms of you know if it's minutes you know it's yeah. like here's a guy because like ozil really hasn't played a ton and like oh here are two guys who play every week they're just as like you know if you're sending over to him like Tom Carroll and Matt Ritchie for Mesut Ozil. Like, are you really taking that? I offered Phil Jones, Matt Ritchie, and Pedro. Would you take that deal for Ozil? Yeah. Yes, I would. Get out of here. Nobody's taking What are you that. talking about? Matt Ritchie has averaged, uh, averaged double-digit points the last three weeks. Ritchie's, Ritchie's the only points. starter in that, like, consistent Phil, starter in Phil that Jones, Phil Jones is one of the top top scoring defenders in the league in Taga format. He's got 11.4 points a game. Everyone jokes. How many jokes games has he played? Five? Nine. <laughs> All right. Nine. He, he's been great. Yeah. He's about as clean sheet dependent as they come. I, I mean, he ha- he does have 51 clearances too, which count. But hmm. you know, it, it, Phil, jo- Phil Jones does – get good stats and he's part of a manchester united defense let's be honest they're gonna get clean sheets um they might they have a really brutal schedule coming up oh i agree so uh, yeah. i'm not sure how many they're gonna get but and you're trading him the week before they place tottenham or you're trying to at least i also especially because chuck is a spurs fan the fact that he's so reticent to kind of hold on to uh, uh, an Arsenal player, it, it speaks to his acumen of the sport, I guess. I suppose. And here you are being such a big man trading away Pedro. Look, I I, I, rec- I recognize that I need to trade talent for talent. Like I'm, th- That is not a bad offer. That is a lot. I, I think if you put that up for, on a for, poll, for, there would be 90% of people who would take the Ozil side. Yeah, but you're, I mean, you're, assu- I mean, when you take on Ozil, you're also assuming the risk that he cut, that he makes it through January. Sure. Right, uh, you know, in the Premier League, in the Premier League, correct. sure. There's no talk about him leaving the Premier League, and the only Manchester United talk is coming from his agent. But anyway, sure. If you want to overplay the transfer risk, I, I tried. Or hope somebody does. Tried and failed. <laughs> okay, yeah. let's go. Let's go on to the rest of the Arsenal squad. Obviously, Kalasinic is going to be a player that you're going to use defensively, uh, and of course, the front three that we spoke, just spoke of of, our, of Alexis Ozil and Lacazette. There's not uh, a single player from Arsenal I wouldn't start. Yeah, I, I was actually going to say a player who I've actually really liked when he's playing, you know, with his head attached to his shoulders firmly is Granite Jaka. Jaka, yeah, he looks very good. When but he's, he's truly a red card waiting to happen. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, he looks good. Ramsey looks good. Uh, the back three is kind of sketchy, but doing enough. Yeah, they shouldn't have to worry too much this week. I mean, Murdasacker is back and playing because Mustafi's out, so they have him, Monreal, and Kashelny, who are all like reliable players for them. Um, and so, yeah, I like this team a lot right now. And they have a pretty good schedule coming up. Yeah, they do. Uh, and I just, Although, I mean. Uh, it's okay. Let me rephrase. It's not 
gray. I think well, they play it's Spurs good. It, it, it's, well, Man City and Spurs after this week, but then after that, it's okay. It, that I, when it, when you said coming up, I didn't think you meant immediately. Yeah, go because that uh, Arsenal well, truly immediately. Up. They have a great schedule. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, anyway, um, my point is is that especially when you look at that period, you know, going into the uh, the holidays, the holiday schedule, they should be in a pretty good spot. Arsenal. We'll see. Should be. Should be has never really turned out for for Arsenal. But I think uh, the difficulty that they're going to have is that they can't. They haven't really gotten. I mean, obviously, the team that they rolled out last week, I, I believe, is the team that that Wenger wants to play all the time, at least outside of the back three. Although maybe Murdersacker is the guy he wants to play, but um, like I think that's the team. And the problem is that they haven't really developed a plan in case any of them go down. Like if Jaka gets hurt or gets sent off, like El Nenny and Kokolin aren't. I mean, they're replacements theoretically like for like replacements, but they kind of change the dynamic of it because um, Coquelin is very defensive minded and is also a red card waiting to happen. And Elneny has a little more versatility, but he's still not, he doesn't move the ball in the attack as much as Xhaka does. And like if Ramsey goes down, then maybe they turn to Wilshire or they play kind of like a double pivot with Xhaka and, and Coquelin or Elneny. And like the, the, the team they have now, at least the one that lined up against Everton, like you can't play that all the time because it's Arsenal. Somebody's going to get hurt. At least one person's going to get hurt. And I'm just not like every theoretical like for like replacement changes. It's not like for like. So like it changes something which could throw everything off. And uh, that's that's tough to have when you have upcoming matches against Man City and Spurs. Agreed. So on the Swansea side, nobody, no, no. nothing. Uh, you not, a, not think, a faint, not a faint hope for Tom Carroll. Uh, I would give a faint hope to Lucas Fabianski. Oh, but that's it. And I still think he get like I wouldn't touch him in a clean sheet dependent format. In formats where you get a hundred points for saves, I think he would be a good choice. <laughs> but that's it. I think this game will be more exciting than United Spurs. Yeah, it's yeah. I can't. I just can't get up for Swansea. All right, uh, we have uh, we have a we have a London derby to talk about here, but it's not the London teams you really want to talk about. Uh, it's Crystal Palace at home against West Ham. Uh, this is a uh, one team has a new coach and the other team is possibly firing their current one. So Slavin Bilic and West Ham, who have yet to win on the road this season, travel to Roy Hodgson, uh, Wilfred Zaha, and Crystal Palace. Uh, I'm trying to find levels of excitement. Mikel Antonio has a late fitness test. I think he has to pass mm-hmm. to, just to play in the game. Uh, West Ham have given up, I believe, it's the most goals off of set pieces, but Crystal Palace don't have Christian Benteke to really take advantage of that. So um, it's it's a it's a it's a race to the bottom here. Uh, you don't think this is like going to be an okay game? No. Oh. I think it's going to show a lot of ineptitudes. Hmm. You may, maybe you'll get like a scrappy Chicharito goal based off of some error in the box and he <laughs> just kind of turns and fires into the top corner. Yeah. Um, or you'll get like a Chico Coyote, like 35-yard stunner, something <laughs> like that. Like, I uh, 
we discussed this a little bit on the DFS podcast with uh, Luis Pacheco this week, and uh, he was kind of making the point that West Ham are a lot better when they play through Carroll. That basically, like they're they really are built to just lob balls into Carroll and have him do stuff, and Chicharito doesn't provide that when he starts up front by himself. And the two of them, it's like they, they seem to get in the way, but. Uh, this win that they had over Spurs, um, obviously we don't want to take Carabao Cup results too seriously, but um, they, you know they played better when they have Cresswell and Lanzini just kind of crossing balls into Carroll. And uh, Crystal Palace, I think, should be able to handle something like that. Uh, and I kind of like the, you know, if Crystal Palace line up with Zaha, Townsend, and Loftus-Cheek in like an attacking three, I think that's that could be pretty pretty exciting and I don't think the West Ham defense is all that great. So I think you can get some value out of Crystal Palace this week. And I wouldn't shy away from guys like Lanzini and Antonio or Carroll. Well, Antonio has to or play, Creswell, excuse obviously. Me. Yeah, sure. Uh, but I, I'm not convinced. I mean, Roy Hodgson's going to try to line them up to play on the counterattack probably. And you know, he's at home. He shouldn't have to. But I think he's going to line them up to play on the counterattack. Uh, and I think West Ham are bad enough to fall into the traps. <laughs> um, but I mean, I, I, mean yeah. I really think this is more like 1-1 and like scrappy 1-1, not like entertaining 1-1, like open-ended play on both sides. No, just like two like kind of like not really repeatable goals. Yeah. I mean, that's that's reasonable. I mean, these teams are terrible. <laughs> I mean, like Crystal Ballas is literally dead last and West Ham's what, 16th or something like that? Are they even that high? Uh, so... You know, if you look at the other way, they both need three points, or at least Palace does, big time. And so, if they come out and attacking, like I think, they have pieces to to score. Then again, Loftus Cheek starting is no guarantee. I think it gets a little different if they have Jeff Schlupp on there. But I don't know. I'd like to see Loftus Cheek more. You and me both. Yeah. All right. So. Uh... We have a game here coming up next here. This is still part of the 10 o'clock hour, though. Uh, these are two managers who one might argue they love each other, and that is uh, David Wagner at Huddersfield and uh, and Jurgen Klopp at Liverpool. Uh, this is going to be playing at Anfield here, but David Wagner, who I believe was the best man at Klopp's wedding and was also his assistant coach at Dortmund. So these two guys know each other. Mm, they do. Pretty- I didn't realize the uh, – or I didn't know about the wedding thing. Yeah, I, one of them was the best man at the other's wedding. I, I forgot which. It was part of the, it was part of something Men in Blazers. Anyway, um, Liverpool, uh, obviously coming off of uh, not their best performance of the year. We'll put it that way. Uh, last weekend, uh, they kind of got smashed here. Uh, they kind of got smashed, but um, Huddersfield coming off a dream result at uh, Old Trafford last week got to be flying pretty high. Uh, scoring two goals against Manchester United, uh, equaling the total that Manchester United had given up all season. Um, Pretty good. Not terrible. <laughs> uh, but uh, you got to think that this is going to be like revenge of the Reds, right? Like the Liverpool Liverpool is going to come out like all guns a-blazing here. Uh, but a late fitness test for Felipe Coutinho. Uh, uh, Felipe Coutinho, he may not play. Yeah, I would, it's to the point where I'm not – like I would plan on him not playing. Um because Jurgen Klopp kind of made a point that he was hopeful he'd be ready for Wednesday. And it's like, if you're hopeful for Wednesday, you can't be that optimistic about Saturday uh, when the Saturday comes before. So uh, I still think uh, 
that Spurs like really, really exposed the Liverpool defense. Uh, the problem with making these kind of overarching Liverpool are terrible defensively points is that uh, Spurs are significantly better than most teams and can kind of attack the way they can attack Liverpool's defense the way you can attack it. Like they play that way. And so other teams have to adjust to play against Liverpool. And so uh, I think they're like, I think they're going to absolutely blow Huddersfield away. I mean, that's, I mean, that's the narrative that I think a lot of people are going to draw, but Huddersfield tend to not follow what uh, the common narrative. Unfortunately. True. True. I'm just not uh, sure they're good enough to do that. Like, well, they play similar styles, which is interesting. They both press and they both mm-hmm. press all the time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, Liverpool's defense getting pressed doesn't do well. Uh, th- that is true. Uh, I think the, the difficulty is that Liverpool struggled to press last week against Spurs and Spurs were able to then turn that into goals. And I'm not sure Huddersfield, I mean, I, I'm not, it's not that I'm not sure. Huddersfield does not have the same just talent that Spurs do. And so being able to to turn a mistake into a quick counter goal, like I just don't see that happening as easily. Um, what's kind of crazy to me looking at uh, Liverpool's home away splits. So Liverpool have allowed 16 goals this year, 15 away. Like that's that's a ridiculous number of away goals to allow, and United they, United has yet to allow a goal at home, but Liverpool's one is is obviously the next lowest, and so uh, some of that is obviously schedule aided, but like home against Huddersfield isn't going to change that. Yeah, it's for me. I'm I'm. You know, Liverpool have not given up this many goals after nine games in fifty years. Like it's been a while since their defense has been this bad. Uh, I I mean, again, it's it's horrific. But I mean, they're they're playing Huddersfield. Like I think we're giving Huddersfield credit for something that another <laughs> the, team. The did. last the last time I gave Huddersfield this much credit, they lost to Swansea. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think it's just kind of a a perfect storm of recency bias. Liverpool oh, yeah. got blasted. Okay. Huddersfield are coming off a good win, and I just don't see it happening again but well i mean yeah i i mean i don't think this is going to be the most lopsided game of the weekend but i do anticipate three points going liverpool's way i think it could be the most lopsided of the weekend could be i hate the the, the expression of could be yeah i think it'll i think it's either this one or arsenal yeah i i think it's arsenal okay pretty pretty hand pretty oh, okay. security, actually and i actually don't even think i don't even think liverpool come in second of the okay i i i believe they fully come in second okay well that is where we will we will Are disagree you start by Aaron Moy? those hairs. Uh, I mean, if you have Aaron Moy, you're likely going to have to start him because you're probably not going to have three or four better options. Liverpool, Liverpool, Liverpool defensively are not great, so it's there's no reason to shy away from Aaron Moy because if they do get any offense, it is very likely going to go through him. Um. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I, Liverpool are. Are better defensively, or or at least let me rephrase, they give up less than people think. I get it. I get, I mean, I get it. I mean, because everyone thinks they give up eight goals a game. I mean, that's a that's a that's not a great bar to set, right? Like, I'm just saying, if this but, if this match happens after their nil nil draw to, to United, what do we think happens? Like, do you think 
Huddersfield put up a fight after Liverpool go and shut down Manchester United? Of course not. That's kind of like reverse recency bias. <laughs> I'm ignoring the actual recency and putting it further recent. But like the, I just, they had back-to-back clean sheets before that Spurs demolition. That's all. Fair. I think they're better than, than we're giving them oh, credit for. Total, totally fair. How like do you I, think they, last, the last time I gave Huddersfield this much credit, they lost to Swansea. How do you think Liverpool lines up? Sturridge? Yeah. He's been, he's been the favorite recently, and they put Firmino out wide. Yeah. Ugh. Yep. Ruining, ruining both. That's correct. Mo Salah. Ruin, the, oh, it doesn't ruin Sturridge. Yeah, it does. He can't score anyway. <laughs> Daniel Sturridge is not. I, mean, he, I, I don't think he's that great. Anyway. I, I, I would, not that I thought Sturridge was available, but I looked at Sturridge in every season-long league I'm in to, to pick him up and to start him. I'd be more excited if they, you know, started like a Ben Woodburn. I mean, let's, uh, I don't even want to. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Noted. Because he's more of the creative force and they have the goal scorer in the middle already. Like, who? Anyway, Roberto Firmino is not the a guy who has scorer. one goal this year. Or I don't know. He's how many not he a bad goal scorer <laughs> is my point. Well, I mean, he's not bad. Sure. But I mean, he. He's better than Daniel Sturridge in the middle. <laughs> Again, that's not a high bar. I'm not sure Firmino scores more goals than Sturridge if they play the same number of minutes. I think you are vastly underestimating Roberto Firmino. Okay. I think you're focusing on a stat that he... Like, Firmino gets credit for everything else he does. I feel like I feel like we're no no that is that is like a two year old argument of yours. I am so sick of that argument. No 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 because last year he proved that he could score goals too. Do you know how many goals he had last year? Nine. Eleven. Yeah. Eleven. How many assists did he have to go with it? Seven. That's great. Do you know what an assist is? It's not a goal. We're talking about it's, goal scoring, right? Actually, is actually, that what we're talking about? Oh, goal scoring. You, you want to do you, know why do you play in a format is... where assists get as many points as goals? No, but they uh, they count a lot. They still count for a lot of points. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that so if you took it points wise in Taga, right? What is it? Ten points for a goal and seven for an assist. Right, but we were talking about scoring goals, right? But an assist is a direct contributor to a goal. So a goal was scored on that play. <laughs> so like, he was involved in sixteen goals directly. Um, I think. It was oh, sorry, more. Sorry, sorry. Eighteen. Yeah. Eighteen goals directly. I thought it was nine. I kept thinking it was my number. <laughs> right, but I mean, we were we were talking about goal scoring. Like, if if you're using this, this, uh, like, Fabregas had seventeen goals and assists. <laughs> Is he a goal scorer? He was involved in as many goal scoring plays okay. as Roberto yep. Firmino. Yep. Anyway, one last. Fine, but almost. to, to, you know to I mean. say that Firmino is a better goal scorer than Sturridge is, I think you're nuts. Well, talk to John Walland. He'll 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 give a more lucid argument than I will. Walland's the one who always says like, "Oh, most tackles amongst forwards, Roberto Firmino." Like exactly, exactly. I'm not saying he's a bad player. I'm just saying he's not like a he's not a Daniel Sturridge level goal scorer. That is when absurd. they have the same n- number of minutes. We will disagree and move on. I will 
I will graciously disrespect that opinion by moving on. Okay. Uh, we will go to uh, Vicarage Road, where Watford will take on a Stoke side traveling in here, where uh, Watford just I, – I, I mean, they played Chelsea to the point of where I was already resigned to the loss, and then Chelsea <laughs> out of nowhere scored three goals. Yeah. Um, so Watford, I mean, taking the lead, turning the turning the game around against Chelsea, who scored uh, Chelsea, who scored an early goal to make it one nil Chelsea. Watford turned it around on either side of halftime, uh, and actually should have been up by more than just the score yeah. of two one if Richarlison puts away some pretty easy chances. Mm-hmm. Um, it would have been Sturridge at least three. Those. Yes, Sturridge is a better goal scorer than Richarlison. Okay. Fine, you win. <laughs> Even you know that's still a no 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 that's recency bias no I will say that Daniel Sturridge is a better goal scorer at this moment in time uh, than Richarlison but Richarlison's coming on strong mm-hmm. uh, but uh, they take on a, a Stoke side here where there's not I mean Eric Eric Maxim Chupo Moting and uh, and Jordan Shakiri are the only offensive options you really like right. Uh yeah, I, I keep wanting to like Hesse, and he just he's just not doing it. And then then the what about Stoke... Mami Diouf? Well, not feeling I, it. I, Goals in three straight. I get it, and especially because he was also playing fullback for a while, <laughs> or yeah. wingback for a while. Wingback, yeah, he played center forward last week. Yeah, I know because uh, I, I get did it. You pick him up somewhere. I, I mm-hmm. did. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, but yeah, that's I mean. Shakiri Shakiri's questionable for this one, and we didn't get a update from Mark Hughes today, uh, so who knows? But um, I feel like I, I'm the reason I like DFS is because I can play Richarlison because I was late on Richarlison in every season long league, and it crushes me. He's so good. <sighs> Just. Richarlison's great, and and the way that Watford play to set those traps to like ensure that he'll have space when he gets the ball mm-hmm. is brilliant. Yep. Yeah, it's a it, he's a lot of fun to watch. I was um, we discussed it. Another thing we discussed on the DFS podcast yesterday was that um, so like Jose Olabas and Tom Cleverly have been kind of like splitting set pieces by side, and Olabas keeps getting more, and it's like, well, why is he getting more? Oh. That's the side that Richarlison plays on. And so Richarlison and everybody kind of keeps looking at how many fouls he draws, but that also just gives more opportunities for Holobos on on uh, set pieces. So I don't know. It's a, a, the combination of the two of them would be great. Just something I would consider in a season-long format if I was doing a wild card this week. Yeah, and then... Uh, it, it, I, I just. Are you playing anyone I, from Stoke? I, I I would play Chupo Moting if I had him. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, if I had him, I'm not a huge fan of Shakiris, but okay. Um, mainly because even when he's out there, I have no guarantee that he's going 60 he's minutes. There. Yeah. <laughs> so it, I, I tend to shy away from him in season-long formats, and I definitely shy away from him in daily formats because, again, I have no guarantee of how many minutes he'll play because he gets – his, his soft tissue injury rate is high, and I it doesn't so. get better as he gets older. Yeah, that doesn't – I mean, if he starts, you can – and in a DFS format, and you can't worry about that if he starts. But you starting oh, well, Tom I, Cleverly this week? Uh, actually, in, my, in our – 
prem, in our Targa, prep, Targa Premier League, I started him last week. He scored 11 points. Yeah, Boom. Uh, a sneaky 11 points. Yeah, no goals, no assists. That, that, like, <laughs> like, like, not really involved. I went in and I was like, I saw 11 points and I'm like, what on earth did he do to get 11 points? And I looked at the 95 stats that he had two of and I'm like, how is that? that what? <laughs> I told you he, we, he he's I mean, he's in the middle of the midfield. He's involved in a. This is like a format that is built on on rewarding guys for doing for being like involved. Like their their scoring is built on trying to uh, mimic act like positive play on the field. It's not like. Um, Jordan Cooper kind of always said everyone complains about like crosses on DraftKings. And he's like, they're not trying to make this a realistic game. It's more, um, it's, it's, a, or and they're not trying to mimic an actual Premier League game. They're just making this like a game. This is a game you play and here are some stats and go after them. And Taga tries to mimic what value on the field. That's why they give stats for aerial duels and getting dispossessed. But like, Cleverly had no impact on that game, and yet here he is with eleven points. And I'm like, what? What? <laughs> what did he do? How did he possibly earn these eleven points? And this is how he did it: one aerial duel, two chances created, one clearance, two interceptions, one successful cross, a shot on target, a successful take on, and a tackle. One. He had one of basically everything, and that was enough. So you're right; he's the best player in the Premier League. I'm done. I doubt we'll no, have time, I, but I, but I, I was, was trying to, on. I was trying to give you as much room as possible. No, that was it. No, okay. No. Let's go to what I think is going to be the biggest blowout game of the weekend. And that is Manchester city traveling to West Brom. I know a thin branch here. I'm checking West set man city to score a ton of goals. Hmm. Uh, Man City, who took out a very sound Burnley defense uh, pretty handedly. I mean, it was 3-0 the final score. That was actually, I think, the exact score we predicted together. Uh, I said I said that I, they would win by at least three goals, and you said that they wouldn't score five, something like that. So like, <laughs> there, was only, there was only like two options that we had here, wow. and that was one of them. Can't but imagine there was job. room in that branch for both of us. <laughs> anyway. Um... But Manchester City traveling to West Brom. The, uh, I mean, the rumors have to start circulating about Tony Pulis keeping his job here. Um, I mean, if it wasn't for if it wasn't for Slavin Bilic, you know, I think the hot seat would be right. The hottest seat would be under Tony Pulis. Yeah. Didn't he get because... an extension like recently? Yeah. This summer maybe? I think, yeah, they've I, only won two, I think they've only won twice in their last 17 games. It's really like bad. That. It's like it's really like... long time. <laughs> Like, like, like they thought like because they got the 40 points so early, they didn't know what to do <laughs> last season. So like they've taken like way too long of a vacation. They can't ramp it back up. Do you not think this is like a. So, so you really think that they're going to blast them? Like, I, I'm a little more confident on the West Brom defense at home. Like they don't get beaten. I guess they allowed two to Watford, but that was kind of a weird game. But um, I'm just not sure I see them scoring more goals than Arsenal at versus Swansea and Liverpool against Huddersfield, meaning Man City. We should note that we have no idea who's going to play. Um, Sergio Aguero went 120 in a Carabao Cup match this week, which is absolutely nuts. Um, I believe De Bruyne and Sané came off the bench. I, I think Sterling went pretty long. Like they... No, I, mean, I don't think David Silva played at all, so he's probably locked in. But I don't know. It's going to be a weird situation with City just because we're not totally sure who's going to start after this 120 against whoever it was that they played. 
But if you have him, you guess you got to start him. Uh, have to is such a strong word, but yes, <laughs> you're actually right. Uh, on the West Brom side, words, no- yeah. fine. On the West Brom side, nothing, right? Uh, no, nothing, right? Nothing, nothing. I think um, no, not even yeah. a Ben, Fo- not even a Ben Foster for saves. Um, I mean, if I don't you... think I, I don't think there's enough saves possible against Manchester City in most weeks. Um, I don't. I'll have to do some research on that, but uh, I think I would be more comfortable with him than I would uh, Jonas Lossel. Or, no, I'm sorry, Matt Ryan. I get those mixed up all the time. And I'm not sure. I think I would probably take Fabianski over Foster. I mean, I'm sorry, I would take Foster over Fabianski. I would not. I would take Fabianski. Okay. Only because Fabianski's been playing better. Foster hasn't been playing great. They're both in the same situation. Um. Sure. I mean, I think they're both going to get barraged with goal scoring attempts mm-hmm. from their from the opposition. Uh, I think a similar fate uh, goes on Asmir Begovic, who takes on his former side, Chelsea, uh, and the South Coast uh, at the Vitality. Uh, it's I mean, Bournemouth woke up a little bit last week, uh, winning two one. Uh, Chelsea saw, and playing against Chelsea side, who were really lucky to come away with three points last week, really looking more like the team of two years ago than of last year. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah, they look less like they belong this year than they do last year. Oh yeah, your boy came back though. Callum Wilson scored a right. penalty in a Carabao Cup, and they're talking about him starting on Saturday, which seems absolutely nuts for a guy who has missed so much time with a torn ACL. But well, here, well, here's the thing. I mean, last week Burnmouth did not uh, they they left both Defoe and King on the bench. Uh, I think right. Defoe was out with an injury. Well, um, I, fine. Uh, both neither King Defoe was, nor King played. Yes. Yes. So they had Lise Mousset and Benekophobia on the pitch. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, what, what what do you have to lose with Callum Wilson at this point, right? You lose him for another nine months. Fine, and you still have a stable of four people left. <laughs> I, I guess. No, I mean, I, I get it. But uh, Nathan Ake revenge game. And I would say that's like legit revenge. They brought him back last year. He was having a great year. They brought him back and never played. Finally got to move. Now it's time to prove his point, right? No? Do you think Zappacosta starts? Nope. Because that would be the right thing to mm, do. Yeah. No, I think they do this dumb thing by putting Aspilicueta in the right wing back position where he's just not as good. Mm. He's not. Uh, 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 he's it, good. Not- They're not as good. He's fine actually, there. Actually, no, I disagree. I think he's worse on as a right wing back than he is as the uh, right sided center back or the left sided center back. You can he can pick his side. Uh, but I'll say for for fantasy purposes, because that's all I care about when it comes to Chelsea. He's a better player as a wing back. Fine, but it's it, but it's my. I mean, it, yes, he has a higher of offensive output capability from the right wing back position, but he's not crossing a ton. He's not like, I mean, he, I think he did yeah, last, but week, they don't, but he's not, yeah, I mean, that's not Chelsea, their style. Yeah. They don't play that way. That's not their style. Yeah. But my, my, my overarching point is that it, it makes two positions worse for Chelsea because the person they put in at the right center back position is worse than yep. Aspilicueta yep. is there. I agree. And he is worse at the right. And they have a better right wing back option as well. Agreed. So it's, it's, it's maddening. It's madness. It's <laughs> insanity. It's, um, I, I, unless Zappacosa just cannot communicate with his teammates because he can't speak English yet, or if that's if that's actually a problem, uh, I have no. He could get away with speaking Spanish, probably. 
he can get well. I mean, especially because he's Italian. Um, oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I thought he was Spanish. Oh, it's still speaking of Espiluqueta. That's why. Yikes. So who speaks Italian? I mean, he, he, he can communicate with Conte really well. Yeah. And yeah. and probably Rudy Conte's. Rudy. Yeah. Do you think Conte tells him he's not starting in Italian? Probably. <laughs> probably just says no. Ugh, I'm a clown. Uh, do you start anyone from Burnmouth? No, uh, Junior Stanislas maybe. Hmm. I mean, I have. I mean, I'm gonna start Asbjer Begovic in one of my Taga leagues because I have him as my goalkeeper. Hmm. And uh, you don't. Have, you don't have two goalkeepers. I never have two goalkeepers. Um, That's a Twitter beef that I was bringing up before this podcast to you that I wanted to discuss at some point. Yeah, we will discuss it. And we we will discuss. We can discuss it now. <laughs> uh, sure. Uh, the it started, and I apologize to John Wallen for bringing him into this, but um, I took the liberty of bring putting myself into his conversation, so I might as well bring him in too. I but do it all the time. Somebody uh, on Twitter asked him who they should drop to pick up a goalkeeper because they had zero goalkeepers. And um, his response was basically uh, like, this is why you shouldn't have ever have two goalkeepers or I'm trying to think of I'm now like looking for the tweet because um, I just disagreed with them. So I, I mean, we like railed against goalkeepers um for years. <laughs> and I still don't think that are like the best options and that you shouldn't like reach for them. But this season I started drafting two of them, basically the second to last round and the last round. And um, yeah. So, so John just wrote basically don't own two goalkeepers. And I made the point that I have two in both the Taga premier league and the Rotowire league. And I'm 12 and three and his argument, which I believe would be your argument but his initial one was basically uh, for somebody who is active on in a league, like a very active waiver wire watcher and somebody who makes a lot of moves, like having um, two goalkeepers kind of makes sense because you know who else you can drop and you're kind of active. And my argument was actually if you're not particularly active on the waiver wire, which I'm not like I. I would say of the nine game weeks we've had so far, I've probably forgotten to check my Taga team like four to six times. <laughs> like I just, it's not, I don't ever think I need to make the moves, but, uh, and for waiver wires, like I've probably made like four moves all season, two of which happened today. Um, I think Charlie Musanda was one two weeks ago also, but the argument I had for having two goalkeepers is, you know, it gives you your, your better shot at the clean sheet because um, John's point was, you know, lines move so much each week and then it's, you know, difficult to predict clean sheets and, uh, goalkeepers, even in Taga are fairly clean sheet and save dependent, uh, that you would rather use that spot to have like a fifth or sixth midfielder or a fourth forward or whatever. And my point was kind of like, wouldn't you rather, uh, choose between, Ederson or Hugo Lloris every week and one of them pro- might one of them probably has a good matchup or are you trying to figure out who to start between Chris Brunt and Wilford Bonney and like why do you think you're getting more value out of this fifth midfielder than you would a goalkeeper who probably has a good matchup if you take two of them and as somebody who 
prefers not to even draft goalkeepers. What is your response to that? Your ability to predict a goalkeeper's performance is magical then, if you feel like you can get the same value every week out of a midfielder as a goalkeeper. It's not that I think I can automatically get it, but like if you have the the, the, the like this week, I have uh, in one league, like I drafted Ederson and Czech. And like you can get both of those guys in the second to last and the last round. Like Ed- nobody wanted Ederson this year because they're like, oh, the Man City defense was terrible last year. I wanted Ederson, um, but I never got the chance. <laughs> uh, so there you go. So I have Ederson and Czech, or I have uh, Fabianski and Ederson. Like, mo- obviously, Ederson is kind of a because Man City have been so good. But like you, you could get David de Gea and Loris if you went second oh, to last and last. In, in our drafts, I mean, David de Gea didn't even go in the second to last or last round. He went like the like he went earlier than that. Like I think you're underestimating where goalies went in drafts. Um. Only because there are some people that I think are moronic and will draft goalkeepers early. But like, I, I don't think people are drafting them that early. I think people are drafting. Um, I, I so, don't. So De Gea is the bad example, but I think people were drafting De Gea early. But I think I I can't think of anyone. Maybe Tom Heaton because he was so good last year. But like, Doris went a little early in a couple of drafts that I saw. I mean, it's anyway. My, I think my, those my, are all my, circumstantial. But I I still think yeah. if you go out of your way and target two of these guys, like you could get. Let's say it's Czech and Forster, or Czech and or no, Fabianski Anderson. Like I you're your, giving I yourself your a significantly point. better opportunity at points yeah. than you are the three points you're going to get out of it, Etienne Capou. You lose your ability to remain flexible with injuries if you are constantly keeping one of your bench spots as a goalkeeper. Uh, I agree with that. I so, think if I, mean, you, so I think if, if you, you were... really get hit, but otherwise you're still you still have four bench spots. I get it, but my, I mean, I'll, t- I'll tell you this, right? So, you know, in our Rotowire League, my first round pick was Alexis Sanchez, didn't play for a while. Uh, and Wilfred Zaha also didn't play for a while. So, I mean, and now I have three bench spots that I am like, they're done. So I only have three bench spots for the rest of my, for the rest of my roster. And that, that, that you, you lose your flexibility. I'm not saying it's a bad strategy, but going back to our original conversation, I'm starting Asmir Begovic in a league because my best free agent option would be Matt Ryan. Right, but I'm not talking about free agent options. Oh, yeah, I understand that, but I, I was going back to my original point. So I, 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 my, my response to what you just said about having two goalkeepers is, yeah, that's fine if everyone's healthy mm-hmm. on your I roster. Mean, but sure, you know? I mean, yeah, of course. I, I just I, I like I said I think you lose your flexibility with the you lose flexibility with your uh, uh you know if you get hurt if some of your roster options get hurt so I mean you, if you, you have, lose outfield have, flexibility for sure yeah correct so I mean I'll put it this way if you st- if you would you rather have Bernardo Silva on your bench or would you rather have a second goalkeeper because that's those are two similar things to me you're gonna use that second goalkeeper spot or you'll probably get as many points because if you're staffing two of the top goalkeepers, I don't think you're going to switch every week. I mean, it's going to be close, but I mean, there's usually one that kind of rises to the top, uh, you know, that you feel more comfortable with every week. But uh, or, but well, it, depend, it depends who you have. I mean, obviously, but yeah. I mean, if you, let's say if you have, I think, I think you picked one right? of the few guys that that like. I think Silva is much more than like. I think people were taking him much more as a fourth or fifth midfielder. 
my point is is that he's he is going to burn a, a, an equally sized hole on your bench because sure. you're rarely going to use him. And sure. wh- and when he does start, when he when he does start, you're going to use him. But you're bank and you, you're banking on him getting a lot of points on that start. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a similar concept. Yep. I don't think it's going to be it's and a similar occurrence. I think you you might start your second goalkeeper a little more because Bernardo Silva is going to get the Leroy Sané treatment of last year. So Maybe. you may not see him till like the second half of the season, but I'm not sure you're um, going to see him much at all. But <clears throat> although he started last week, but I, I think Silva is kind of a. You're right. If if you want to take a if you want to use up a bench spot on a guy that isn't going to play that much, then yes, the two goalkeeper doesn't work. But um, I think most people don't do that, and I think that that group of people is really small. It's like Bernardo Silva, uh, Sturridge. Um, Danny Welbeck, maybe I could even throw in there, but like these aren't guys you're playing every week. I would rather so so I would rather um look at which goalkeeper do I want to start this week instead of choosing between Joe Allen and Musa Sissoko. That's all. Yeah, I'd rather choose between Musa Sissoko. Okay. All right. Uh. Let's, uh, before we get to our Sunday and Monday games, I believe we have a word from our friends over at PlayUp. Yes, yes. Do you want to win prizes by following your favorite sports? Do you think you can pick a better team than the pros? Then PlayUp is the place for you. PlayUp offers free daily fantasy sports across the Premier League, NFL, NBA, and more. All you have to do is choose a challenge, select your players while remaining under the salary cap, and then watch their real-life actions rack up points on the live leaderboard. The better your team does, the more prize money you can win. So keep entering challenges across a whole season to make your way up the ultimate champion leaderboard where sports fans from across the globe compete to determine who has the greatest sporting knowledge. There are always games on, and once you build up your digital wallet, you can enter platinum challenges, which are higher risk but offer much higher rewards. So what are you waiting for? Get to playup.com for the most realistic daily fantasy experience across all your favorite sports. All right, we move on to the Sunday slate here where we start off with a South coast derby here i think the first time ever in a top flight that brighton take on uh southampton uh and the seagulls are i think they've won two of four from all of their home matches and southampton have been we'll just call it up and down this Mm -hmm. season Mm -hmm. uh (laughs) um, for me uh you know i'm obviously excited because there's one player who i've tried to rank for like four straight weeks and now uh, i finally will be able to actually openly root for that person to start and to play and to play well and that's tomer hemed of brighton and hove albion you think he starts i do okay i do i only because if you expect glenn murray to have that performance twice in a row you're a fool uh, I don't think you can bench him after that, can you? I mean, that's yes, you certainly uh, can, you can, especially because one of those goals was a penalty. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not. I don't. I don't think Hamed starts ahead of Murray after Murray scores twice. But sure, go ahead and start. Total mistake, Hamed. Total mistake. Uh, if uh, basically, and, and for Brighton, that's not even the option that most people are going to be no. rooting for anyway. They're going to be rooting for their Pascal Gross, their continuation of his success that he's had so far this season. Uh, and then for the Southampton side, who were very lucky to get away with three points last week with a great solo effort from Sofian Buffal, the future of that team. Ever what since an incredible goal that was. Uh, you just glossed over Anthony Knockhart, huh? I did. Most people are going to be rooting for Pascal Gross to continue his success. I think that is a fair statement. I am one of the few poor sods who still has Anthony Knockhart and still rooting for that to happen. Uh, But 
Yeah, the only note I have for Southampton is that Mario Lamina's out, and so I'm not sure who takes his spot, but I think it might be James Ward-Prowse. Great. Just to cause more confusions on yeah, set pieces exactly. for any kind of value there. Uh, but for Southampton, obviously, uh, I mean, your best options here are defensive ones. I mean, you're going to be looking at Fraser Forrester, Virgil van Dijk, who's been great on Taga since his return. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, Cedric's, your Ryan Bertrand's, even Maya Yoshida has been giving you good points recently. So, I mean, they're they're obviously better defensively than they are offensively. I think that, that's not a really strong statement mm-hmm. but i think it warrants itself here that this is probably going to be closer to the zero zero affair that it looks like on paper uh yeah i have no no thought that this is going to be a great high scoring match i'd like great. to see charlie austin play more but he's not so we can just move on all right and we shall to the kp uh we will go to lester who take on everton Yes, uh, they do take on Everton. Everton are looking like the worst team in the world. Uh, and less, I mean, these are the two teams that have sacked their managers. Yeah. Let's just put it this way. Two of three. Uh, two of three. Well, fine. You always, two of the... always shortchanging Frank DeBoer, man. <laughs> Guy gets fired in three games and you can't even remember. Did he make it three? Is that all it was? I, we hardly knew him. Yeah. I can't remember how many it was. Uh, it doesn't matter. I saw Earl Watson got fired from the Suns after three games. Anyway, uh, and Eric Bledsoe is going to get traded because he complained that he didn't like it there. Yeah, that's all you need to do to get traded from that terrible team. Anyway, uh, Lester, what do you think Claude Puel does for Lester? Like, why hire Claude Puel to play defense? I mean, Harry Maguire, I like in this game. I like him a lot. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I'd like to see Everton do like, how do you? Who builds this team? Like, who fixes this group? I'm, I'm very confused about Everton. Carlo Ancelotti. Well, I'm who, just yeah, who was it that He's they waiting were? for the Chelsea job next season. Um, I can't remember who, whose name popped up for this job and that I thought was so crazy. Oh, Thomas Tuchel. Tuchel? Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I, I just don't know. I, I don't know enough. About every Thomas manager Tuchel in the would world never manage this team because they have no pace. Thomas um, Tuchel is a, yeah. is a is a very energetic uh, coach yeah. and plays an energetic style. This team lacks pace and will not be able to master that muster up that kind of energy. Yeah, I don't I don't have enough Period. manager knowledge to know who could make this group work. Sam Allardyce. <sighs> that's I mean that's the kind of manager you're probably. But gonna they don't need. know they, they they need a they need a guy in the box to head things in. They don't have that. That's not a big Sam. This isn't a big Sam team. They are with a center forward. But if they had a center forward, then Kuman would still be It'd be, be a there. lot of people's team. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. This game, I mean, I have Vardy on my FPL team, and I'll keep him in because they're playing Everton, but he's really the only one that interests me from, from Leicester. Claudio Ranieri would be and an I guess Maguire. At Everton. Maybe. I don't know. Hit the ball like long. I, said, I don't and know. Calvert Lewin run under it. I think he's done that before, mm, that uh, <laughs> with some success. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, in this game, I like Harry Maguire a lot. Riyad Mahrez is really starting to heat up again. I guess you have to say it. You have to say it. He's doing things again. Uh, and on the Everton side, it's still just every except for Jordan Pickford. Everyone's kind of really been disappointing. Yeah. It's gross. I want. I want no part of anybody. Pascal Gross. Uh, it's um, 
for the little, and on the Leicester side, Shinji Okazaki got uh, they basically went back to basics last week. Okazaki next to Vardy. Yeah, it's. I mean, it, <laughs> I'd like to see something else out of this team. I would. Yep, I would too. A little more Demarai Gray, a little more uh, Islam Slimani, even. Like, I'd like to see something else. But until then, I'm not playing anybody. I don't right. think I own anybody. Oh, I, I will play Harry Maguire. Sure. I, I like Harry Maguire in this game. Yeah. All right. Uh, we will move on to Monday, which I think this is going to be an interesting match for two teams that are, you know, most people don't think of them top of mind here. Uh, but Newcastle travel to Burnley to, uh, to take on uh, Burnley, uh, the Northern England at uh, Turf Moor here. Um, and for Newcastle, an interesting thing here is they're playing really well as their manager puts the team up for sale. You mean the owner? Uh, that's what I meant. <laughs> it's like, I didn't know Rafa <laughs> could do that. Um, I, has I, a lot of power. I'm not but... sure that really should affect players at all. It would affect me. Why? My job, secu- my job security would change with the new owner in my business, for sure. I mean, there's still... No, no, none of the guys on Newcastle are going to be struggling to find a job if this team changes ownership. I don't know. The fact that it can only happen twice a year anyways. Certainly yeah, I, makes I, 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 I just think it's an interesting storyline more than actually affecting FPL, that this That's team is, is playing at its best you know, with the rumblings that Mike Ashley is going to leave the club and sell the club. Okay, if you want to make something out of that, that's that's fine. I am going to make something out yeah. of it. That's what I do. Uh, <laughs> no, but Matt Ritchie is playing great, uh, yep. one thing to mention, uh, from, an, from an actual FPL standpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rob Elliott's been playing well, and for Burnley, Nick Pope's been a revelation. Uh, I don't know uh, uh, for he? how. Yeah, he's big, and he's and he and he, and he saves the things that he should. Is it? I, I I'm still wondering how much of it is Heaton and Pope, and more just Sean Dyche. Well, I mean, the system helps. Sure. I, I, that's why I said when people were drafting Heaton first this year among goalkeepers, like that's a huge mistake. Uh, like you're expecting record-setting performances two years in a row? Nope, mm-hmm. won't happen. But I, 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 mean, I do Hamed think Tomer is sitting there agreeing with you. Say again. Tomer Hamed is sitting there agreeing with you. Thank you. Yes. Uh, on the Burnley side, though, I'll I'll move on from my from my Burnley take uh, for from Nick Pope. But uh, on the Burnley side, Robbie Brady has to be intriguing. Uh, Chris Wood, if he is healthy enough to play, uh, he will be another interesting option as well. Uh, sure. I've been a little disappointed with Brady this year, but. Um... I guess this is a match. I, I, I still like a lot of the Newcastle guys before I get to Brady. Like I would take Richie over him. I'd take Shelby. I would probably consider Yosulu, even Atsu. And this is games at Burnley, you know, like I, I don't know. Well, Burnley have been worse on at home than they were yeah. on the road. Than they've been on the road this season. Yeah. A complete 180 from last season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, but no, I mean, I like the Newcastle options better. But yeah. I just I, I wanted to go over the Burnley side. Yeah. But uh, but for Newcastle, yes, I do like Joe Salou. I do. Uh, I don't like Shelby. He's burned me too many times. I'm done with him. Okay. Uh, and Matt, I love Matt Ritchie, and I still love Matt Ritchie. As you so should. I, yeah. There's no reason not to. Uh, I'd like to see Christian Atsu play more as well, he's or playing. play more. Yeah, uh, feature more prominently. I I, I guess that's because he's just ha- he, they haven't he hasn't been able to affect the game as often as I think he would have mm-hmm. at Newcastle. Is all fair? 
All right. We promised it at the beginning of the show. We promised it last week even. Uh, so I am going to talk about uh, – well, I've used my wild card. I don't know, Andrew, if you have yet for the official FPL game. I'm not. Uh, so I've kind of adjusted my strategy. I'm keeping the strategy of having three top forwards or you know three, three, three prominent forwards. But what I've done is I've shifted my budget from the midfield back to the defensive line mm-hmm. uh, Specifically defense, not goalies. Uh, I, I don't pay for goalies. Uh, so so what I've done here is I've made one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine changes. So I've made nine changes here. The players that I've kept from my original lineup uh, were uh, Lukaku, Richarlison, Moy, Richie, Otamendi, and Van Dyke. Okay. So what I've done here is I've now in the forward line I have Lukaku, Aguero, Aguero, and Morata. Wow, as my front line. Okay. I told you I spent baby, and along with Richarlison, Moy, and Richie, I've added only I've added two fo- uh, two midfielders, only one of whom I expect to play most of the time. The fifth midfielder I'm not expecting to play much, uh, but I have Richarlison, Moy, Richie, and Eric Maxim Chupa Moting. Mm-hmm. As my fourth at five point seven million, and I would I argue have, you play him more than Moy and Richie. Well, fine. I, I'm saying it's just I only play four midfielders, and then I have a fifth midfielder of Tom Carroll at four point five. Okay. Uh, I and, think you might actually play Carroll more than you play Moy. Fine. As somebody uh, who I, has Carroll and Chopumotang already, you'll play them more. Trust me. Okay. Uh, I, I'm going to set my lineup once until the next time. True, true. Next time we talk about this, I'm not going to change it much. Uh, so uh, my defenders that I added in, so I have Van Dyke and Otamendi already. Uh, I've added in Sead Kolasinic. Mm-hmm. I've added Harry Maguire, and I've added a fifth defender of Kiko Femina. Yeah, Femina. excuse me. Femina, yeah, he looks great. So, um, hmm. So that what made you I, go with Kiko instead of Olabas? Just Price? price 4.5 i need of course basically what i've done is i still have and my goalkeepers are fabianski and losel so who did you actually spend up on in defense kolasinich and mcguire and right and and feminia was this i actually had charlie daniels there and i actually went down from charlie daniels But, I, but basically what I've done is I've left myself enough room where if I want to go at, get Harry Kane, because Harry Kane's not going to play this weekend, mm-hmm. I, I had Harry Kane instead of Aguero. Yep. So now I have enough space to go get Harry Kane next week if I want to. Uh, so you, Oh, so you left a... I have two million in the bank. Oh, okay. Okay. So this is... Aguero's I think no this guarantee is, to start this weekend. Well, okay. Oh, I have plenty of I have plenty of options here. I have maximum money for a forward if, yeah. for this weekend, um, or I can just start two and go like a four four two if mm-hmm. I wanted to this weekend, mm-hmm. or a five three two. I can start all five of those defenders if I want to. I did that for a while. I know oh. it was crazy. <laughs> uh, I, I know I basically I know Aguero is not a guarantee to start, but you know he's more of a guarantee than uh, Harry Kane right now. But no, this is the wild card that I am going to play. I actually, obviously, I haven't activated. Oh, let me think. But you already played it, didn't you? Well, this I haven't queued up to play. Um, I was waiting for more news on Aguero, but I I haven't received it, uh, and I'm probably not going to receive it in time to make the. I will probably just do this 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 lineup and just hope for Aguero to play. Hmm. And if not, then I'll just start the two and I'll go four four two. Yeah. And you think that I shouldn't start more? I, would, I should start 
I just think you're going to end up looking at matchups enough, and you'll play Chopu Motang or Carroll over Aaron Moy. Okay. Well, I, I, I was not In this format, doubting. it's like, it, it, what is well, Moy three, doing? The reason, why, I mean, the reason why I chose the midfielders I did is because they're the ones who are most involved in goals and assists. Yeah, but you're one of which is going to be like one of the lowest scoring teams in the Premier League. Two of which. Two of which, yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Let's be honest here. Like could be Swansea free, actually. Gonna, I'm not, Swansea aren't going to light the league on fire yeah, for goals. Yeah. Right. So you're depending on the guys most involved from Swansea, Huddersfield, and Stoke. I mean, that's the price you pay for low price midfielders. Yeah. Yep. But uh, did you did uh, did you decide to play a wild card this weekend? Uh, I am like halfway through a new wild card team, and I'm not I'm not sure it's any better than what I have for right now, but. Uh, the weird thing about it is that uh, Tottenham have a fairly difficult schedule coming up. Um, they play, obviously, Man United this week. Uh, they're um, home against Palace the next week, but then they're at Arsenal. So, like, two out of the next three weeks, I'm not, like, really excited about it. Um, Man United has a fairly difficult run as well, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah, they're home against Spurs at Chelsea in the next two. So like bringing those guys in kind of locks me into non-ideal matchups the next two. The one that's kind of worrying me is that Liverpool have Huddersfield, West Ham, Southampton next. And then after that, it's Chelsea, but then Stoke, Brighton, Everton, West Brom, Burnt. Like they're, Liverpool is like really set up well. But the problem is Coutinho is probably out this week and... So I really like Mo Salah. Firmino isn't enough of a goal scorer for me to spend a forward spot on him. And then it's like, am I going to start loading up on Joel Matip and Alberto Moreno? Like, So I don't know. It's a weird build. But I think you you should max out on Man City at this point. But they kind of have the problem too. Like you, you can go with Leroy Sané and then Sterling starts or yep. the Jesus Aguero issue. So. And it's yep. a, a little messy. Oh, and I love the, you brought up Kiko, but I love Olivas and Richarlison is uh, another one I don't so, have that I wish I did. So Olivas, another reason why I don't like Olivas is because of how many yellow cards, yellow cards he gets. Yeah. So, I mean, he's going to miss three games every season just because he'll get, the, he'll reach the 10 yellow card threshold every season. Um, I think and he's been three games of suspension. Yeah. I think he's been okay this year. And he only has two this year. Which probably means he has a red coming up more than a few yellows, but we'll see. But I understand the. the he uh, he was by struggles. far the most penalized player last season. Yeah, he had fourteen yellows last year. Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, we will end this episode of the RotoWire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. I've been Mike Gottlieb at Sports by Gotti, G O T T I on the Twitter, and he has been Andrew Laird at RotoWire Andrew on the Twitter. If you want to start some beefs with us, we're pretty entertaining on there. Uh, so by all means, go ahead and start uh, start conversating with us on the Twitter. We will catch you again uh, next week when we talk about game week number eleven. Thank you for joining us, and we'll catch you then. Thank you, Playa. Thank you, Playa. Thank you for listening to the RotoWire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com/soccer. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that seventy-five percent of Americans are deficient in. 
If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.